I'm Danielle Nelson. And I'm Lily Rogers. And welcome to It's a Shame. It's a Shame. Mm-hmm. This is episode two, if you're just tuning in. And if you've been following along for two episodes now, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. We're excited to have you with us for our second time. Yeah. We're not virgins anymore. What? We're still very much getting used to it. Yeah, but we we don't know what we're doing yet. It's a lot of fumbling. Yeah, we're figuring it out. Like the squeaky chair from last episode that you may or may not be privy to, yeah. depending on how our editing goes. <laughs> and we're on the couch now. So this mm-hmm. is it. We're, it's a new setup. Yeah. And and I I did it because I thought we could like lean on the couch, but Lily has injured her arm. <laughs> so leaning on the couch casually is not so uh, casual or easy. Yeah, and um, we're probably going to have cat interruptions. Like right now, they are batting around their food bowls for some reason, and they will most definitely jump up on us since we are on the couch. So yeah, they've already started to like express interest in what we're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so just a reminder, I have two cats. One is named Catboy. He's the big derp, and one is named Fiona, and she's the petite, curious, relentlessly in-your-face cat. They're both really sweet. They like when I came over, they were not eating their dinner because they were really excited about having a house guest. Mm-hmm. And now that we're not paying attention to them, they're going ham on their dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, if you can hear it, the cat bowl noises in the background. Uh-huh. Oh, so how was your day? Let's start there. Um, so I, I work today, um, and some days right now I'm in a process where I work in a hospital. I'm a social worker there. And then I'm starting a private practice. So some days I have clients after work because I'm trying to build the private practice. So today was pretty good. I'm tired. And then I got groceries after work, which is like insult to injury. Yeah. And I was so tired. And then I got home and I was I had all these like delusions of like sophistication <laughs> domestic wise where I was going to like make dinner. And then I was like... Fuck this. I'm coming right over. Don't you always, though? You're like, yeah, I'm totally going to like get all this stuff done. And then you're like, nope, I'm going to end up pantsless with a glass of wine and um, not making dinner. Yeah, which is my (laughs) fantasy, like a pants-free lifestyle where I can do what I want. Yeah, that's why I like working from home occasionally. I really wish I could work from home. It's just, I mean, I guess theoretically at some point I could, but I mean, you know. Yeah, but pantsless therapy, you'd probably get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you frame that, uh, the, you frame your um, uh, video from like the chest up and right. you just put on, so I'm basically like, I'm going to be like in a blouse, a blazer and underwear. Mm-hmm, perfect. Which I actually never would do just for fear that something would go terribly awry. Yeah, also I just a blazer with no pants if you're uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, you know, people use the phrase Donald Duck in it, and I yes. never really feel like I'm Donald Duck in it, but a blazer with just panties would 100% be Donald Duck in it for me. It's so funny. I thought that that was such a common phrase, and I introduced it to two of my coworkers, and they were like, that's the most hilarious thing ever. And I was like, man, I wish I could take credit. <laughs> I know it's a hilarious image, but uh, it wasn't me. It's such a good one, though. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and like when I'm just in a t-shirt and underwear, which is like my household, like you know, it's my that's my fancy household outfit. Mm-hmm. I don't ever feel like oh, this is you know, I'm Donald Duck in it. <laughs> I just am kind of like oversized t-shirt. Why do I need pants in my life? Yeah, especially since we live in San Diego, and most often we don't. Yeah, we don't. And in the summer, like it starts to kind of like even get a little balmy. Yeah, like right now it's what, July 10th? Uh Uh-huh. And it is 
quite warm in my house. It's not too bad. It's it's like um, a yoga, a hot yoga studio room that's just starting to get heated up a little <laughs> bit, but in a good way. I don't know. Like, I've never done hot yoga. I've only done it once, and it was. Um, I felt great the next day, mm. but then the day after that, weirdly, it hit me, and I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. But afterward, like, I was so swollen and like sweating, and I looked like someone had beat the shit out of me, and I was like, Is this good for me? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be. Also, can you drink white wine on ice in hot yoga? Because I'm about to right now. Yeah, we have ice in our glass. Again, so just, about it. I know. Well, it's warm, see? And we're not Donald Duck in it, so we have to cool off somehow. <laughs> How was your day? It was good. It was a lot of meetings about feelings, which is really funny when you work in a creative industry. Sometimes that happens. Um, I work in marketing. And um, we did the strengths finders test. Oh, yeah. And so our whole team got to, nope, Fiona, nope. She's trying to step on our laptop here. Oh, Fiona. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we all shared our results and kind of what they mean to us and how we would like to work together with our different strengths. And it was cool, but, you know. It's I took just... it years ago, but I can't remember what I was. What, what, what was your... I'm like learner, intellection, ideation, input, relator. I'm like all of these things that is very like heady. You're in your head a lot. Uh-huh. You're thinking all the time. You're like trying to come up with new ideas. You're trying to like bridge well, concepts. That tracks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so funny, but it was like so one note that I was like, oh no, this is not great. I should diversify my strengths maybe. Well, it's like, it's funny because it's like strengths finders and it's like, okay, you identify your strengths and then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I was like, I kind of already know all of this stuff, but I mean, it does give you some like tools and like a nerd. I like wrote all these notes for myself and I was like, these are the like suggested <laughs> behaviors that it like gives you for work. And I was like, these are the ones I identify with or that I'm interested in. And these are the ones that I don't think are going to work for me. So I had like all of my notes ready and like no one cared. Well, I think you, you prepared, <laughs> which is yeah. again, tracks for your intellectual mm-hmm. kind of like overthinking. Yeah. But that's good. <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be good to know if you're doing like part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting. It's nice to kind of get to see people's like main strength too. Ooh, we should do strength finders. Yeah, we should. Like I, you have done it. So I should do it again. Cause I did it when I first moved to San Diego and I worked for a very corporate environment and I did it. And I mean, that was quite a while, 10 years ago. So yeah, I should do it again. And then we can like talk about how we work as a team. Yeah. That would be actually really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Which was fun when we did the, an Enneagram, is that how you say it? Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then like we, I I don't remember my number, your number. I'm sure you do. I'm I'm six. I don't know what I have like a wing. I'm I think I'm a three with a something or other wing. Yeah. And all I know is when I compared Lily and I's numbers, it was like, um, you guys are like just a, the the odd pair, like mm-hmm. you know. But when you work together, great things can happen. Yeah, it would be interesting to see your strengths finders then, because like a lot of my stuff was like, you know, on the negative side of things, this can really like. Uh, make you anxious about like too many ideas and not enough action and Mm -hmm. I always stress out about that and I'm like yeah I'm in my head too much and I need to just start like doing 
So, but I that's why I'm here. I, yeah, I, I suspect that your strengths are going to be aligned with the more doer. Yeah, and then like, I don't even get me started on enneagrams. Like, that's a whole different thing because I know I'm supposed to look at it, be like, oh, I'm a three, and find strength. But I immediately was like, oh my god, like I took it. I, I, I of course read all the negative stuff. I went straight to like. Oh God, like what's wrong with me? You yeah. know, it's easier to do with that one because it does kind of point out so like paragraphs of like, when you're not in balance, like you're going to show all these bad signs and you're like, wait, I'm not that bad. Am I? I feel like the description of the three though, is like an eighties wall street, like broker. It's like, <laughs> you might get so consumed with business that you have to have somebody teach you about charity. And I'm like, yeah. What? Like, I'm a fucking social worker. Like, and yeah. also, like, I'm driven, but I'm not profit-driven. Yeah, I think it it really does have to, uh, you have to find, like, the balance in that. Because I think it's trying to tell you, like, the extremes of what yeah. those things are. And it's like, but everybody is, like, like, if you read the whole thing, it's like, there are all these, like, offshoots. And, like, everybody's, like, somewhere on the spectrum of something. You know, it's not like you are clearly 100% yeah. this. Yeah, not black or white. Yeah. As I tell clients constantly, like, find the gray, which when it's in my own life, I'm just like, what gray? How dare you? Everything is black and white. Don't even suggest otherwise. Especially if I'm having feelings about it. Yes. But yeah, it's funny because we're talking about the strengths finders because today, to kind of reflect back what you were just saying about how you're like so many ideas and you're in your head... um, our uh, episode that we did with our friends Edie and Mia oh, right. on breaking down the podcast uh, uh, dropped, was it yesterday? Yes, I believe so. And I have been getting so many like positive affirmations and texts oh. from friends and just people reaching out and like the love has just been so huge and so much support for us to get this podcast off the ground. So I went into uh, my mode, which is <laughs> I started Skyping Lily like, we need to do this. Like we need to do that. I noticed this isn't done. I already contacted so-and-so. I hope that's okay. Like I went into action mode. Yeah. And I went into, um, I'm too uncomfortable to listen to it mode where I'm like, it's going to take me a couple of days to build up like the ability to hear my own voice. It was, it's a lot. And, and I, yeah, I listened to it, but I went in before and I told myself, I was like, you don't get to be mean to yourself because you're trying something Yeah, and you just have to be gentle with yourself no matter what happens and know that you're doing this. It's going out there and the stuff you're talking about is going to be super fucking vulnerable. So yeah. Go with it. It's funny because like I I had anxiety last night and so I woke up at four in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep for different reasons. But um, it wasn't about the podcast. But I also like ended up thinking about that and then I was like, you know what? I just need to like adopt this like feeling of just be brave about things. Just mm, because you have you're like doing that. it. So like don't stop doing what you're doing because you want to be doing it. So just be brave. Just yeah. go for it. Um, I don't, I hate the phrase lean into it because of that book. Oh, right. But I, I mean, read that book. I didn't either, but I just feel like I'd really dislike it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But it's just, it's kind of that idea. That's why I don't want to use that phrase, but just like kind of trust yourself a yeah. little bit, like just do it. And that's kind of what, um, I've been telling myself about the whole thing. Like I listened to it. I had thoughts about how I felt about how I spoke and yada yada and then ultimately I was like oh who gives a fuck if I'm putting (laughs) something out into the world and it serves somebody else like I want to try to 
strip away some of the vanity and just like be present for it. And that's me at like my best, most ambitious, ego-free thinking. Yeah. I mean, I think too, we just have to be brave, but also be kind to ourselves because it's like, that was the first time I've been on microphone in a really long time. If like ever just audio, I can't recall. So it's like, you also just get better by doing and if you Mm -hmm. never do it you're not going to get better so you have to like allow room for like not being the best like right now I'm sure we're gonna look back the more we do these and the better and more honed we get at it and be like wow like I would have done so many things differently (laughs) but right now we're just doing it we have to we have to this is this is the only option and we can't like waste any more time like oh but we have to like perfect our setup I mean we're sitting seriously sitting on my couch facing each other and the microphone is on a crate like that's our setup a really right now. nice crate <laughs> I mean it is a good crate. it's a really good crate yeah. as think- crates go it's it's preferable preferable yeah it's a preferable crate. um yeah no we're doing it it's yeah. like it's like I was saying today we we have like a group Skype thread with our partners and um I was kind of mentioning the the podcast and the uh, breaking down podcast and the feedback and I was like you know even my worst criticisms can't rival the fact that I'm doing it. Yeah. Like the fact that I'm doing it is bigger than any of it because it's like I've wanted, we've wanted yeah. to do it for so long. It's true. Yeah. And I and I mean, I think that that's just the best advice that we can keep like circulating in our minds. Just like we're doing it. And I don't know. That's like the whole battle basically. Yeah. Half the battle is won. Yeah. Now it's just putting it out, making it happen, going through the motions, which is exciting because it's like learning a new trade in a way. Yeah. Sorry, cats again. um, They are uh, quite adorable. Um, We're going to post a picture of them on our website and our Instagram today, actually, Um, just so that you have a reference point for what these cats look like (laughs) so that when you hear them meowing and jumping around... Um, you can visualize how adorable they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also funny that we decided not to podcast at my house because we're like, the dogs are, we, we can't risk the dogs barking. Right. Which is true though, because a dog barking is radically different than like a cat romping in the background. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, <laughs> we'll see <laughs> as, it, as it progresses and how much they decide they want to uh, continue this wrestling match. Uh, it's playtime. Yeah. I guess so. So we got to a point where we were like talking earlier and we sat down and we had just poured ourselves some wine and I said to Lily, you know, today's topic is going to be the first time you remember having shame or carrying shame or something you were ashamed of. And Mm -hmm. so I thought about it for a long time. And so as soon as I got here and I sat down, I was like, I'm really nervous to talk to you about what I'm going to talk to you about today. Mm. And so I've decided that I just have to pretend the microphone isn't there. Okay. Because it's really interesting once I started talking about it or talking about it, I immediately started thinking about it. I started thinking about that, that negative voice, you know what I mean? In my head that was like saying all of the reasons I shouldn't talk about this. And I could hear like, certain people's voices in my head, like saying, you know what I mean? And I was like, I don't know. And then I was just like, well, fuck it. I can't listen to those voices. I've got to just talk about it. That's the whole point 
of the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's some of the stuff that we talked about last time is just, it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes and it's going to be really, um, triggering and difficult and, uh, yeah. But I mean, that's why we wanted to do it just to get some of this stuff out of our systems too. Yeah. Like let it go a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good jumping off place too for us to both kind of talk about something that's vulnerable that we can share because I anticipate people will be sharing a lot of things with us that are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so it only seemed fair and respectful that I would meet people where they are right. and come into it with something that initially I wasn't sure that I was comfortable talking about and then doing it Um yeah. Yeah, and I mean I think too like starting at the beginning is also I mean kind of crazy on our part but in a good way that like the things that you experience in childhood are some of your deepest shame points, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of going deep right from the beginning. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't know. I think just let's jump in the deep end. Yeah. Before we do so, you know, we, I should mention something we talked about last time that we really wanted to put a disclaimer Yes. Um, on this episode and on every episode moving forward that we go into this podcast and every podcast and every conversation we have with the awareness that we are two middle-class white women. Yes. And... That immediately carries inherent privilege. Mm-hmm. That carries a, a viewpoint that is exclusionary in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And we know that. And we welcome feedback. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think that we're, yeah, we're, we are just going to speak from a place of like what we know. But the whole point of this podcast for us too, or one of the points is that we want to be learning too. Yeah. Like I just use the word crazy and I know that I'm. I'm trying to phase that word out of my vocabulary. Like it's stuff like that, you know, where it's like, let's start thinking more about the way that we talk about ourselves and about other people. But we also, you know, we have limited experiences due to our privileged situation and yeah, the way we were raised and the way we currently live. And yeah. So we're just trying to be in short mindful about that. And we welcome Feedback and the sense if there are things that we're saying we are saying that are culturally insensitive or incorrect. Yeah. Um, our uh, our friends over at my favorite murder—they're not our friends. They are not our friends. They are not our. Fr- I think they're my friends. I mean, they're they're friends in my mind. They're they're very close <laughs> in my mind. Um, but our um, our uh, colleagues, co-podcasters <laughs> over at uh, My Favorite Murder, have Corrections Corner, and I oh, really right, right, like right. that. And I so I am happy to make a space, whatever that may be, for uh, talking about things that challenge, things that might come up mm-hmm. that we talk about. I think that's an important part of talking. Yeah, and something I think that we're also going to try to do, like right now I don't exactly know how we're going to incorporate it. It might be in the description, is like trigger warnings about like topics that are going to be like really sensitive that might be triggers for people. So, um, we'll do our best also to, you know, kind of let you know, you might want to sit this one out if this is something that you're just not ready to listen to or face. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So on the note of trigger warnings, yeah. um, do you who, do you want to go first? Should I go first? Should we Rochambeau for it? How do you want to do this? I mean, yeah, I thought about that too because I was like, oh, it's going to be so interesting for us both to have like different Because we don't know. We, By the way, I don't know if I've said this yet, but we don't know what the other one's going to talk about. Yeah. We didn't discuss it and we just said go with early shame, first shame you can remember. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what you're going to talk about and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I'm curious if we're going to talk about the same thing. I don't think that we are. Okay. I'm pretty sure we're not. Okay. Um, I mean, I can, I can start because I don't really know how much I'll have to say about mine, actually. I was thinking about it because I had decided before, like last week, what I wanted to talk about. And then when I started thinking about it, I was like, am I going to have enough to like discuss about this particular topic? But um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, it's not probably my earliest memory of shame, but it is my strongest earliest memory of shame, if Mm. that makes any sense. It it makes sense. Um, And one that stuck with me for many years through my life. And that is that I was a bedwetter for Uh, a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was something that was so awful because I didn't, I didn't know how to talk about it. But I loved like, I loved slumber parties and I loved sleeping over at friends' houses. So I would never like say no, but like almost every single time I wet the bed. Oh, Lily. I know. It was, yeah. And it was just like, it became one of those things that I just like, I dreaded sleeping and I dreaded like falling asleep. So I was always the one that like, let's stay up as late as possible and like hang out and watch more movies and yeah. like, let's eat all the popcorn I and just like stay braid awake. each other's hair. This and won't yeah, happen. if I don't go to sleep, then I won't pee everywhere on your floor in my <sighs> sleeping bag. That was Barbie, my first time, my Aww. pink Barbie sleeping <laughs> bag. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember like, trying to fix it myself and not being able to tell anyone. Mm. Like I wouldn't even feel comfortable like going to their mom or anything. How old were you? Like when the first time you remember like trying to fix it yourself and. I was definitely at a sleepover. It was probably like, I don't remember how old I was exactly. Do you remember the grade? It was young enough that I was sleeping in a pink Barbie sleeping bag. So like maybe first or second grade? Yeah, probably around then. Okay. Yeah. And then waking up and just being like, what, why, no, please, why did this happen here? And then just like gradually getting like colder as I climb out of my sleeping bag. And I'm like trying to like, because I wore like nightgowns too, like those long ones. Yeah. And so it was like, what do you do with that when it's completely wet? It's not like you can just take off your pants and be like, I'm just sleeping in my top. (laughs) Let me change into the other long nightgown (laughs) I wore. So it would be like. Stop with me. I remember like taking off my underwear and like balling it into like the bottom of my sleeping bag. And then when like when everyone woke up, like trying to stay as still as possible, wait for them to get up and like start moving around. It mm-hmm. was either that or the other side of that would be try to wake up and like fix it before anyone woke up. And it was like, I remember one time I even shoved my sleeping bag under my friend's bed. And I was like, I don't know what I thought that that was going to do. <laughs> out like, of sight, out of yeah, mind. Like, you can't see it. And then it was like when my mom came to get me, I like ran in and got it and like took it with me. I don't think I ever was really truly getting away with it. But I think I was the only one. But you were a kid. You yeah. know what I mean? And you were trying to handle the situation with the skills of a kid. Yeah. You know, like you were employing the tools you had at the time. Which was just like... 
deny, deny, cover it up. <laughs> it's not happening. If I can like not feel it on my body, then it didn't happen. Like, yeah. you know, like trying to get your underwear off you, like trying to like dry off and like yeah. get your pajamas dry. Fix it, and, fix it. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did the adults around you do or not do? I don't remember ever really being addressed at like in a slumber party situation because I don't know if my mom really realized that it was happening. She did know when I was at home. So like, oh God, I remember it got to be a problem because my mom and dad would have to like get up in the night to take me to pee because I always peed in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. So they would like set an alarm and wake up and like come get me out of bed and take me into the bathroom and like that was the only way that I didn't wet the bed is if they did that and like that always made me feel really bad because I was like ugh and I would be like half awake half asleep um so finally I think they got so tired of doing that that they bought me this little patch that you sew onto your the front of your underwear and it had like this metal detector thing in the front, like the metal, like when it got like wet, it uh-huh. would sound an alarm. Oh Jesus. And it would wake me up. Like, it wasn't what like kind a of loud alarm. One. It was like a buzz. Oh. But it was did like, it vibrate? No. That could have been a whole new situation. <laughs> Discoveries. <laughs> no. No, it didn't vibrate, but it did buzz. And so that would, like, wake me up. And then I remember. But it had, like, a battery pack on it. So it was, like, this big contraption oh, in the front of my underwear. So you're wearing, like, the chastity belt yeah. of, like, urine detection yes. or something. But I refused to wear it at slumber parties because it would wake everybody up. So it was like, I'm just going to pee and learn to hide it in the Aww. best ways that I have learned how to hide it. Like, I would, like, double underwear up and like learn to wear like t-shirts I just got very good at pretending it wasn't happening and at hiding it yeah um but I think that the time that I ended up feeling like the worst about it was okay so caveat to this story it was the 1980s. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and parents did things very differently back then. Like and nowadays, you can't leave your kids for two seconds alone or no. like it's child abuse. And the nightgown you were wearing would have gone up in flames in like 20 seconds, by the way. <laughs> like true. that floor length <laughs> nightgown was basically just like made of like rubbing alcohol. Yes. Like, yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, before you judge my parents too harshly, this is, you know, the 80s. So they left me and my sister with overnight babysitters and like the first one I remember who had to get up in the middle of the night and take me to the bathroom so I didn't wet the bed was a male babysitter Mm. and I remember like not being super aware that I was awake and peeing in front of him but then when I woke up in the morning I was like oh he saw me pee and then I was really embarrassed Um, and it was yeah did you talk to your parents about it no we didn't talk about stuff like that Yeah. So you just carried it. Yeah. Yeah. That just kind of like followed me around. I don't know, like bathroom shame or pee shame. Like I'm really weird about going to the bathroom in public now. Mm -hmm. I'm really weird about like, yeah, just all of those situations. I just don't like dealing with it. I actually hate peeing. It like annoys me. Oh yeah. You're a very fast peer. Yeah. Cause I just want it over with. Yeah. I'm a fast peer too. Yeah. I think we we share like some some record Olympian speed <laughs> peeing yeah. sessions and sessions. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting to me um, because the you know we talk about like guilt versus shame, like the guilt of like the act, but like yeah. the shame that like you carried and that was it just felt like 
why can't I not do this? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with me? Right. And I, I finally, I remember being so proud and so happy when I stopped doing it. And it just like naturally happened as I got older. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in the seventh grade, my mom got remarried. And when she went on her honeymoon, I was staying with friends of hers that like I wasn't super close with. Uh And I was kind of like, I felt strange being there. Yeah. Because I didn't know them. Um, That's a lot of life And they had a really nice house and like they put me up in this like beautiful room, which was their like beautiful daughters who was like now like out of the house and like it was all so perfect and she had like like, all this beautiful like stuff in her room. Yeah, it was totally pristine. And I remember the first night wedding bed and I was like, oh shit, damn it. I was like, I thought I was over this. Like, why is this happening again? And then I did the same thing. Instead of telling anybody, I just casually changed the sheets. And, like, luckily she had a bathroom in her room. But then, like, I didn't even deal with my underwear situation. I was just like, okay, we're hiding these. And, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, do you think that it was, like, triggered by anything, like, that specific time? Because I feel like that's a lot happening, like... Your mom getting remarried, being on a honeymoon, being in this house where you're like in Miss Perfect's bedroom, yeah. you know, I mean. No, I'm sure that there's something there. I don't know what exactly, but it definitely, like, it just hadn't happened in so long. And I was like, there's, yeah, I mean, that's got to be, yeah, it's got to be something there. And peeing, like, peeing the bed, like, wetting the bed is so fucking common. Yeah, and but if, I didn't know that. I thought I was no. I seriously thought I was the only person. Oh, and see that's that's the part that where's the where the fucking shame comes in. Yeah. Cause there wasn't like an adult who was like, oh honey, like this, this happens. This is common for kids your age. Like yeah. here I'm gonna teach you, I'm gonna help you learn how to like there wasn't somebody in your life to do that. Yeah, but I think that the, that's another layer of it is like the shame and how I deal with things, like I feel shame about being shameful. If that makes any sense, like, mm-hmm. like it I does. like I, I physically couldn't get myself to tell somebody that this was happening, and I couldn't like ask, "Hey, can I launder this? Like this happened, of and I not. you know." And it was because just like th- then I, there's an explanation, and you're a kid, you don't have it. How would you even begin to explain? So you have to like yeah hide. Yeah, but I mean, it just would have, I think, like, in hindsight, it would have been so freeing to be able to be like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Other people do this, too. Like, if anybody had talked about it, if there had been any information, like, this is pretty common. It, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you know, your bladder isn't growing into yourself correctly right now or whatever. You're going to grow out of it. But, like, yeah. I also remember, like, so when I was in high school, uh, my appendix ruptured. So that caused a lot of like weird shit to go on in my body. And for like a few years, I'll say after that, like my bladder was numb. Uh So I could feel that it was full, but I didn't have the sensation that I had to pee. And I was so terrified that the whole peeing thing was going to start again. And I'm like a 16 year old girl and I'm like, no, please don't come back. So I was always like really vigilant about like peeing all the time. Um, so you can always, um, know that anytime we're sharing a bed, which we've only done like a handful of times, um, I didn't wet the bed as a child, but I, I know what it's like wetting a bed because the weekend of my bachelorette party in Vegas, I got really drunk and then drank so much Pedialyte 
because I was like, I get migraines sometimes when I'm hungover. So I was like, I can't get a migraine tomorrow. Like I have, you know, all this stuff that my, my buddies planned. And I woke up cold in the middle of the night. I know that feeling. And I was sharing the bed with my maid of honor and of like my best friend, like, and like at the time. And it was just like crazy because <laughs> I hid it from her you and see? I was like, I can't wake her up. And I was a grown ass woman. I know. And I was like, I don't know how to handle this. So I just remember like getting up, like peeing and then bringing a towel back to the bed, putting the towel down, laying in the bed and laying there and waiting for her to wake up. And then once she was like up and went to the bathroom, I completely stripped the bed and was like, oh, and she's like, she's like, I thought you were the type who like wanted to wait, you know, like you don't want housekeeping, the waste of water and the whatnot. And I'm like, it's my bachelorette weekend. Like (laughs) everything must be clean all the time. Yes, I'm really splurging <laughs> and it wasn't I don't even know you know what I'll be honest with you I still don't know that I've ever told her oh that's really funny yeah I mean so even as an adult there was still like this there's just that feeling shame yeah like, like I don't really know what to do with this situation and I just for some reason I think like maybe it has something to do with like not being in control over your body but then yeah. also like how we're taught to uh deal with like bodily functions and there's so much shame in general bodily functions and I think that I mean when we have an episode about periods (laughs) well we'll probably have many episodes we'll get started on that uh fun topic but yeah I I think that just like body function and and not being not being able to control it is just this sense of like I don't know it's just like this inherent weird thing where you're just like I am ashamed of this yeah yeah but i mean i haven't wet the bed in a long time so yay me <laughs> but if it happens again at some point i'm gonna try to just be proactive and like just change the sheets and get them washed and tell somebody about it and tell be someone like, immediately look at what happened well, how I hilarious wet is this? the fucking bed, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to do this alone. Also, I'm cold. Yeah, because that's the first exactly. thing. That's I don't a- want to sleep on a wet towel. Yes. So, thank you for sharing that mm. with me and being vulnerable. Yes. Um, that that was a good share. That that's a, that's a deep one, and a, like I said, a super common one. Yeah. And one of those things that it's like. It's fucking everywhere all the time, and no one talks about it. No one talks about it. And also, like, the whole thing is, like, your parents, like, buying devices and shit to try to fix it. So, obviously, as a kid, you're like, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, this is problematic. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's instead of it being like, you'll grow out of it, it's okay. It's like, we don't talk about it, and also, we have to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you definitely were not receiving messages of, like, comfort and empathy and... You know, and I mean, like you said earlier, it's no discredit to your parents or anyone around you. It's just, you know, now we know. Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing, too. I think that my parents were just in a place where, like, again, people just don't talk about that sort of thing. And now, you know, and it's not, I don't think, this is the thing that drives me crazy when people start saying, like, oh, people are just so comfortable talking about, like, whatever now. I'm like, okay, fine. But... I really do feel like when we hide, like, natural things that our bodies are Mm -hmm. doing and try to, like, make it be, like, 
naughty or yeah. we don't talk about that, uh-huh. you know. Or I mean, something's wrong with you. Or something's you... wrong with you, yeah. Or, like, if you're functioning in a little bit different way than your peers are functioning, that, like, there's a problem. Uh, I think that we just should talk about more, like, what is happening yeah. with ourselves. Yes. So, on that note... Yes. Um, I'm going to talk about the first time I remember experiencing shame. Mm. Um, and it was not surprisingly, um, surrounding masturbation, Mm. which I have a, I have a caveat because it wasn't until later when I was in graduate school that I even learned that just like touching, um, like your genitals when you're like a kid, even like sometimes babies do it, toddlers. Um, that I didn't realize until so much later in my life that this is a totally normal thing. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it's Freud who says like you go through like the oral stage or whatever where you've, we've all seen babies who just put everything in their mouths. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, like kids explore, right? They touch their genitals and, and this is totally normal. And, and unfortunately, we penalize this behavior. We're so cruel to kids about it and the only time parents really should intervene is if there's like a sexual deviancy going on either violence or you know self-harm or something like that but like when it's just like simple exploration or this feels good or and sometimes you're just so young you don't even have the vocabulary or like mental wherewithal to be like this feels good it's just more that like I'm doing this thing right yeah no definitely and it's because you're in your body all the time. It's just so natural for you to be like touching all of it. And yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, like when you're not aware necessarily of certain parts yet or whatever, Yeah. just to like be feel around. Yeah. So what happened? So I, I, I was a big rubber. I'm a big fan of uh, the phrase rubbing one out. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, friction, friction was a real, real good friend. Yep. And the friction started as just like, Oh, that feels like a nice rubbing thing. And it wasn't like, um, I, I was young enough. I was like four, five, I think four, five, six. And I was like, just kind of doing the friction thing. And it wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't even in an age where I could, at that point, for me, I wasn't hormonally at a point where, like, I could climax or anything like that. It was just pleasurable. Mm -hmm. But I remember knowing and feeling that it was wrong because I had been told to stop. And I remember, like, and and with no explanation. So the corner of the kitchen chair was, like, a favorite for me. (laughs) The angle was just right. Nice. Um, And I remember, like, my parents really kind of, like, not and not even scolding me, but like no, 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 you don't do that. So you would do it like when they were around. Mm-hmm. It started that way. Mm-hmm. Like it would just be like, oh, this feels this good. Fine. I'm doing this, yeah. and they would be like, no, you absolutely cannot do that. Mm-hmm. You know. And there was never an explanation or a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all I knew was that I shouldn't do it, and. But you didn't know why. I didn't know why I wanted to, oh, and I felt right. so bad because I would do it. And then, and I wasn't even truly masturbating right. yet. I was right. just kind of like, I really like rubbing on the chair this way. Yeah. So that ingrained in me and, and the shame piece and how I know that it was shame is I remember they having this crazy dark thought and I was in kindergarten, I can remember. And I thought to myself, it's okay if I do this one day, like I'll find mm-hmm. 
a husband and I'll tell him because I trust him and love him enough hmm. that I have this problem and we'll go to a doctor oh. together <laughs> and the doctor will help me figure it out and it's okay if I do this. And like I had to like rationalize with my five-year-old self like that a doctor would fix me. And also like telling myself like someone will love you and they'll accept you because of it. Like Yeah, well, and also just that you kind of somewhere in your mind had this sort of like model of when you're married, you're free to do what you want mm-hmm. at your, like you're free from your parents, but mm-hmm. you have to be married. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. also the fact that like, because you didn't even know like much about like marriage or anything about sex, yes. clearly it was just like, so I have so, to make my husband like understand <laughs> my weird quirk that yeah. I have. And it was kind of like this like five-year-old way of the translation is, one day I'll find someone who will love me for who I am and this they'll help me get over this. Mm. Like they won't shame me for it. Yeah. Maybe they'll like they'll love me no matter what. And like because I was so embarrassed about it. Yeah. And and then it it wasn't until I was older that I understood what masturbation was and obviously the chair rubbing evolved <laughs> as as the hormones did. And did you ever stop for any period of time? It just evolved. I mean, it just became like something different. But what was interesting and why the shame carried so long about that particular point of activity for me was one time I was on a a trip with some girlfriends and we started talking about masturbation and the age that we started kind of like exploring and, you know, and I I don't even know that it's fair to say what I was doing was masturbation, right? you know? And, um, I mean, call it what you want, whatever. But I remember a friend of mine was like, I'm sorry, did you say you were four or five? And I was like, yeah. Oh. And she's like, oh my God, Danielle. She's like, so I don't want to scare you or startle you. She's like, but Whoa. studies have shown that children who masturbate that early have probably been sexually assaulted because otherwise you wouldn't learn that behavior um. until you hit puberty. Again, I didn't know this academically. I'd never been like trained in any way. My parents certainly never talked to me about it. No one ever really talks about what age masturbation is normal or even the evolution of how we just explore our genitalia. Right. No one talks about it. Right. And for years in college after that, I would like kill myself trying to think sometimes like what did I get molested yes who touched me yeah when did it happen Mm. can I pinpoint it and you know like I and this will come in episodes to come I mean there are people I can point the finger at but like that's not it wasn't that Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it wasn't I wasn't sexually, I mean, to my knowledge, unless, like my friend says, I'm blocking some kind of crazy thing. But here's the thing. Even if that were the case, I now know that it doesn't matter, right? Like, I mean, you can see toddlers exploring and touching their genitalia. Um, One of the case studies we looked at when I was in grad school was uh, very young, like babies who will self-soothe by using like putting um like a stuffed animal or something like either on their mouths or rubbing it on their genitalia interesting and those are two high nerve sensory places yeah so it makes sense like if you don't have language yet to express or to self-soothe right you're going to go with what works and so in a way we've kind of like highly sexualized anything that has to do with genitalia yeah i am uh actually well 
I won't say that in case she doesn't want me to, but me and someone else I know are uh, very much like crotch centric. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I always have my hands in my crotch. I yeah. don't know if it's like because I'm like cold like when i cross my legs you i have my hand hands, in like, there tucked up me too in there i do too and sometimes when i fall asleep i just am like cupping my vagina yeah and it just like helps me feel like i don't know like protected and there. safe and and it's always. not sexual it's not sexual at all i'm definitely not masturbating i'm just like it's just a place that my hand goes that yeah. makes me feel like yeah i'm I'm good here. It's crazy you say that, like about the, because I do that. I put my hand between my thighs I always when I cross way. them. And one time, a music teacher like made a big deal out of it in front of the class, and like mm. was like, "Oh, honey," and like pulled my hand out, and everybody started laughing. We don't like, touch that. Area. We don't do that. And I'm like, "Do what, bitch? My hands are cold." You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Or I just like sitting this way. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just that again that over sexualized thing. So I'm here to tell anybody who's listening who started manipulating their genitals or touching their genitals in any way as a toddler or as a baby or as a young kid. I mean, mm-hmm. hormones evolve differently for every single one of us. Totally. And we're all on a different spectrum of development. Yep. So things are going to be happening at radically different paces for all of us. Yep. And, you know, I just, I, I carried it for such a long time. At first it was the shame of something's wrong with me yeah. and I started masturbating super early not really knowing what that was and then it kind of resurfacing mm. as shame later in my adulthood when being told like oh something was wrong with you you must have gone through a trauma to have behaved that way as a kid yeah when in fact it's like, like no no I, and you know and I now know that so it was just how my body was working and evolving yeah, yeah. I mean like I've talked to and known like men for instance who you know have said like they started like masturbating or even like touching themselves at an early age before they could even physically ejaculate. Oh yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, that's not uncommon Totally, and there's nothing wrong with it. No. It's like the fact that, you know, people, I think especially because they're like, we don't want to like over-sexualize our children and we don't want them to like know what it is. So we can't like, but there's gotta be like really healthy ways to talk to your children about like what their genitals are without having totally. to explain like, all about sex. You know? I mean, let's look at it this way, right? If you have like an oral fixation and you're the type of person who likes to chew gum or like you like chewing candy or whatever, some kids have oral fixations. Yeah. Like it's just like, oh, she likes to chew. Oh, he sucks his thumb. Oh, da 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 da. I was also a thumb sucker. Like, why can't we normalize like touching genitalia yeah, in that way? That's true. Like, and also to explain to kids, like, you know, oh, you're doing this. This is okay because it's this part of your body. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, when we go out, people are uncomfortable or people don't touch that region. Right. So it's okay that you want to explore. And, you know, it's setting the boundaries. Totally. And I'm not a parent, so I don't even... Yeah, I know. I don't know either. But, like, also, like, how... I don't know if you can, like, how easy it is to sort of uh, convey the concept of agency to children, too. Because it's, yeah. like, I think another thing that people get hung up on is, like, it's your body. That's mm-hmm. fine. Nobody else gets to touch you here. Yeah. Unless, no, not even unless. When you're a child, no, nobody. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I think that people get like scared of that conversation too. Or yeah, like, totally. You know, and 
so it's just like, let's pretend that that doesn't even exist, that that region doesn't exist. And like, let's make them pretend it doesn't exist either. And that's yeah. just biologically not possible. Not possible. And you know, an episode that I really hope that we have an opportunity to do and we have somebody who's willing to come on and talk about it is um, the whole playing doctor thing, right? Yeah. With other kids yeah. or learning Definitely. or those. I mean, there's a lot of shame around that oh, with yes, other kids playing with other kids and like obviously it becomes inappropriate obviously you, you got to look at the age differences and the whatnot but yeah. like god that, see there's a lot of shame with that and yeah anyway that's a whole different episode yeah, for but, sure. but it's interesting that you talked about oral fixation because you know I was a thumb sucker and I was also like now that I'm thinking about it really really orally fixated and for some reason it brought this story back up in my mind where I it got into a shame situation I always had my fingers in my mouth Mm. You know, I sucked my thumb in private. Mm-hmm. That was like not something I did in public. Yeah. But I always had my fingers in my mouth. And I remember being, I don't, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably in middle school. So I was not a little kid. Uh, but I remember I was waiting for my mother who was in a dressing room and she was getting dressed. And this other woman was waiting um, like in the same dressing room behind me. And I had like had my foot finger in my mouth. And then there was like a rack of clothes. And I just like kind of thumbed through it, whatever. And this woman Mm. turns to me and goes, I just saw you have your fingers in your mouth and then you touched that rack of clothing and that is disgusting. And I was just like, oh my God. Mind your business, Karen. (laughs) Like, yeah. So, okay. You can be shamed for any amount of touching yourself. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, who are these horrible people? I don't know. They're just carrying around their own stuff. You know what I mean? Karen's got her own thing. That's why she's sassy in the department store. Mm -hmm. But it's so weird that like when stuff like that happens to you, like it just like burns itself in your brain. I remember what she looks like. And I don't remember very much. And the older I get, the less I remember about my childhood. But I remember exactly what this woman looked like. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's just like I'd never like really been like... burned itself. Well, and I also like didn't... I've never been in a situation too where I was like, I'm being observed by somebody else. Like... I was just kind of obliviously doing my thing and I was like, you're like watching me and then judging me. And that is like, and then you become aware on some level that other people are watching you and like, there's a sense of being like, you're disgusting. You're a disgusting person, you know? Anyhow, sidetrack, but yeah. So we did it. Yes. We shared some shame. Yay. I feel better (laughs) having gotten it off my chest. I hope that, I hope that you guys listening, found some, um, I don't know, something relatable yeah. or maybe, you know, you've been through something similar or, you know, let us know, uh, shamepod at gmail.com or you can shamepod.com, go to the forum and let us know if you want to expand on the conversation or you have things to add, mm-hmm. um, share your bedwetting stories. Yeah. Share your bedwetting <laughs> stories, share your, you know, genital rubbing, um, <laughs> Your, whatever your corner of the kitchen chair was. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. You can picture that woman. I can picture those chairs yeah. perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they were like that 70s, like green, like that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, those were good chairs. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are recording before we've actually gone live. Yes. So I almost said like and subscribe. <laughs> but I don't even know if that's. I don't know. Do the things you need to do to keep us going. Read us. Yeah. All those things. Okay. Take good care of yourself. We'll see you in a week. Bye. Bye. Bye.